This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen. So it's the third week in our series, The Necessity of Prayer. And I want to talk to you about the substance of prayer. We've kind of built up to this point. And I am not, uh, the, I am not the master at prayer. I don't have all the answers to prayer. Uh, uh, but, but I've learned some things through the years. And, and if, if you want to know, so what does he mean by the substance of prayer? You could maybe put in there underneath that, hang in there. Someone shall hang in there. Can you get that? that? That's a little bit more easy for us. Hang in there. Or staying power. How many know what I mean by that? Staying power. So that's what I want to talk to you about very quickly to recap, because I want to kind of get through. We talked about this the last few weeks. Do my prayers really matter all that much? <clears throat> Isn't God going to do what he wants anyway? And that's a mindset we've kind of hit that, you know what, God is sovereign and, you know, the case, sarah, sarah, whatever's going to be is going to be. So there's no use for you praying because God's in control of everything, right? Yeah, a lot of people believe that. He's in he's control of all the terrorists, right? Come on now, right? All the chaos in this world. No, he's not. How many know there's a real devil out there? There's a real, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So you can see his mode of operation how he works. And here's what the devil doesn't want you to do. He does not want you to grasp prayer because with prayer, you're a powerhouse. Amen? And we're going to talk about that here. So <clears throat> we hit this question, very powerful question. It, it, it demands for us to ponder. Does God need me to pray or does he just want me to pray? I want you to think about that now. I mean, God doesn't need anything. He's sovereign. He doesn't need, you know, but, but, but does God need us to pray, or does he just want us to pray? And then we ended with this here. There's no better time. Here we are in January, New Year, 2020, right? Man, all you have your resolutions that you've already quit already at this time. Uh, but there's no better time to start writing your future story than right now, and prayer's the key. Many of you don't believe that, but, but prayer's the key to seeing that story come to pass in your life. Somebody say amen. I'm going to read you a little poem. <clears throat> I did not write it, but the author is unknown. Two frogs fell in a can of cream, so it has been told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was deep and cold. Oh, what's the use, said number one. It's plain no help around. Goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, sad world. And weeping still he drowned. But number two of sterner stuff, dog paddled in surprise, all the while licking his creamy lips and blinking his creamy eyes. I'll swim at least a while, he thought, and so it has been said. It really wouldn't help the world if one more frog were dead. An hour or more he kicked and swam, not once he stopped to mutter. Then he hopped out from the island he had made of fresh churned butter. Perseverance, that's what we want to talk about perseverance in prayers. Now, hanging in there didn't make it into the Ten Commandments, but it did in the nine fruits of the Spirit, all right? What's this? Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, someone shall long-suffering, 
Some of you just think it's being with that cranky neighbor or that spouse or whatever, you know, you know long-suffering. No, it actually, it actually means is defined as forbearance, fortitude, patience, strength of mind that enables one to meet danger or bear adversity with courage. It means grit. It means backbone. It means guts. Long-suffering, the fruit of the Spirit. Every single one of you has the deposit of the Spirit of God. If you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you're born again, you have access to long-suffering. Somebody say amen. You know, I have, to, I have to brag on me. I don't do that every Sunday, but I just have to brag on me, humbly. But I'm not a very patient person. Now, I've said that for years, and if you've been here long enough, you know, yeah, you know what, like, I usually try to, when I look in the aisles to check, I go at the times when nobody wants to go shopping. If you go up like 1 a.m., you go, this Pastor Mike. <laughs> you know, so I can get, no, a few times I've done that. But, you know, and I scoop by and, you know, it's just me, okay? I'm an, the truth of the matter is I'm an introvert. That may be a revelation for some of you, but I am an introvert. And, and so when I'm done preaching, it's easier for me to just go sit down and be quiet and just be, you know, but I can't do that. <laughs> so, but the point is, is <clears throat> I'll just, try, you know, go at these all, all oddball times and, 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 and just be, you know, just aloof kind of a little bit. And I was going to say something very important, but I just totally forgot it. <clears throat> It'll come back to me. Thank you. Long suffering. It happens over 55, but, you know. Oh, patience. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> patience, and I actually was at Menards, okay, and we were dealing with these cabinets with this house project, and now we know we have to put them all together, assemble everything, and my wife's doing a beautiful job at that, but we were waiting there, and they can't check you out unless they check every item, and anyhow, we were there two hours almost, and this is what the guy said, you are a very patient person. <laughs> My wife goes, he doesn't know what's going on inside you, but <laughs> but I was I wasn't agitated. For some reason I was I was just chill. I was trying to be nice to these guys and talk to these men and just one of them's going to the military. I encouraged him and <clears throat> anyhow, but 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 point is I, I felt good about that. I felt good. It's like, okay, did I pass the test? Finally, I don't want to go back in the wilderness in this. But there'll be more things I'll need to be stressed with patience for, amen? But, but Galatians 5.22 talks about long-suffering. You know, in this day of instant everything, come on now. We want faster internet, right? You know, forget the days are gone, a dial-up. Come on, remember that? Someone's still on that. I guess you can still get that. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know, 10 megabytes. Forget that. That's weak, you know. It's like 50, 100. Now it's gigabytes. Come on now. The speed is a blink, less than a blink of an eye. And, you know, we want everything. We want things fast. We want three steps to answered prayer, you know. And, and what happens, I feel, is we're losing this character trait of hanging in there. Come on now. You know, it's easy. How do I say this? Because uh, I've been guilty of this. So I'll just, you know, pray for a situation, whatever. Please pray. And we send the emoji, prayer hands. Oh, come on now. And, and you know what I've decided? I've decided a while back. I was like, if I'm going to send that emoji, I am going to pray. Come on now. Not kind of the emoji is my prayer. Woo! Can, you know, Cynthia, can I get an Amen. All right, some of you are thinking of me, what is this guy? <clears throat> but, but I'm going to pray. I'm going to take some time. I'm going to pray my understanding. I'm going to pray my spirit over that situation that they need. Can I get an amen? Okay, just throwing that out there. And so we want things faster, speed, and we expect God to keep pace with us. 
especially in prayer. And I think about it, I was like, okay, what's an illustration of this? And uh, I, I don't know why, but I like cheetahs for some reason, in the cute little cheetah. But African cheetahs, they're really fast. I mean, they go from like zero, just in seconds, up to 45 miles an hour, and some up to 70 miles an hour. But, you know, the African cheetah, we're a lot like this. It, it, it's really quick, uh, and it runs down its prey, and it catches it and takes it out. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing about the African cheetah. Uh, it, it can only do that for a few seconds. 300 meters, they figure, is the top that it can go. And what happens is it tires really, really quickly. You know why? Because it has a very small heart. It says, you know, very disproportionately small heart. So it tires real quickly. And, and so if it doesn't catch its prey real quickly, like less than a minute, it's got to end the chase. And come on now, sometimes with prayer, we start out that as, I'm going to pray this situation. Hallelujah! <laughs> we quit. Some of you are really thinking, what church is this? This guy's a nut. How many hear what I'm saying? I wanted to drill that into you so you get that, all right? How many see that say amen? How many will never forget that? Right on. That was my point with that. So we have the cheetah's approach much times in prayer and in a session. And so we kind of speed up in there into prayer. Come on now. And we speed up through our app and our Bible daily reading. And we speed through that. And we got that gone. And we checked it off. Amen. And what, well, here's the thing, and so, so, so we get frustrated, and, and we lack heart, and, and, you know, or we'll speed on to Facebook, you know, and please, and talk to someone else, or God Google. We try God Google, you know. I've tried God Google before. Why am I so, you know, it doesn't help, okay? <laughs> That's not God. Google is not God, amen? My point is this. A lot of times, we, we, the sustained effort in prayer we lack. And it's just our whole society and when we live in it. And we have that cheater approach. And, and so what do we do? Next time, it's like, well, what we need to do is we need to be more explosive. We need to be more loud because God is somehow hard of hearing. And, and, and so, you know, but that, that's, that's really not it. And I believe what is needed may not be more explosive power, but more staying power. Come on now. Staying is that word patience, forbearance, long suffering. Staying, stamina. And what happens is that only comes from a bigger heart and prayer and really understanding and grasping prayer. And I'm going to have an illustration at the end here to help. I'm not going to fall down again, but just something else that hopefully sticks with us. And here's the thing you need to understand that each and every one of you that are born again has the power of God within you. You know, I just recently we're reading a book here on hearing God and the guy's last name sounds like Pinocchio, but I think it's Finocchio. <laughs> and he's talking about hearing God, and he's saying, listen, God is speaking constantly. The answer you need right now, God is delivering it to you. But you're not dialed in. Did you get that? I want, that's, that's simple, but that's fast. It can't be. Because there's possibly a thinking pattern you have. How many have ever done something and said, you know what? That's never going to work because of so-and-so. Come on now. That, that, that's, that's never going to work because my experience, that's not going to work. But then someone comes alongside and says, hey, have you thought about this right here? And he went, I'm going to reconsider that again. And God is speaking to each and every one of you. But are we dialed in to his channel? Just a thought, just a thought. <clears throat> Moving right along. So perseverance, you know, back in the 1987, I heard this story. I actually have the article I printed off. There was a pilot and a co-pilot flying a, a small, smaller plane. It seats about 12, 14 or whatever. And, and they heard some noise in the back. It was empty. Um, 
And so the pilot gets up and the co-pilot takes over. He walks in the back and he hears this jitter and the, the plane shakes and he sucked out the door. The door wasn't latched properly. He gets sucked out. The alarm goes off. The co-pilot believes the worst. They're over the ocean. They start coming in. He's like, I didn't descend. The pilot's gone. He's down the ocean. And finally he comes in and he descends and he lands the plane and they find the pilot grasping onto the rung of the ladder. It's a true story. And 190 miles an hour, watch this, watch this, for 10 minutes. Come on, some of us have perseverance. That's what I'm talking about when it comes to prayer. Come on, to hang on to that. My daughter's going through this. I'm going to hang on. And my husband needs, you know, my wife or my kids are running wild. Or you know what? My mind is, I'm going to hang on. The guy, they had to literally pry his fingers physically to break them off. And his foot was... His head was one foot from the asphalt. He survived. Come on now, that's perseverance. Some shall perseverance. And so a lot of times I think, you know, it, 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 a lot of the problems that we, we don't see breakthrough is, is not because we're lacking information. Right? You can Google anything, any moment, even now, find out. You know, all these different teachings and versions and, you know, about prayer. That's not, the, not the, the issue. I think a lot of it goes down to our heart and our spirit when it comes to this issue of prayer. There's a failure. And so like the frog, and at times I've had to, I have to swim. I've had to kick. You know, I had to turn that difficulty into butter and hop out of that situation. How many hear what I'm saying? And see, here's the heart of God in it. He's encouraging you all the while. He's not sitting up there indifferent, not, not helping you. So, but, but why do we need to persevere? Why do we need to persevere and persist in prayer? Why is it, is it important? I mean, does God have a certain amount of prayers and, that he requires for certain situations? And uh, do we kind of like have to talk him into things like, you know what? No, no, you know, just go away. And all right, finally, I'm going to give it to you because you're just really bugging me. That's, that's not our God. Amen. Come on, are you with me? And, and, but, but, you know, does, does God just finally decide to do something? And uh, it's like a lot of times we just think it's just pushing and he's reluctant. And the answer to all that is no, that is not our God. Now, there are probably reasons. Let me just interject. I'm not aware of for the need for persistence in prayer. I look at once again, I don't have all the answers. I don't. And. And I don't have all the prayer answers that had all my prayers answered the way I thought they should be, okay? The way I thought they should be. And, but I want to submit just one explanation for you to consider, it, and it goes back to our point of perseverance here, perseverance. And I believe that our prayers uh, do more than simply just motivate our Heavenly Father or God to move in action. Back in 1988, my wife and I, in 89, we're graduates of Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, Texas. And uh, the man who started that ministry and actually the voice of healing for many years in magazine was uh, uh, Gordon Lindsay. And he was the president and the founder. And he was dead when we attended. Uh, but uh, his, his wife, Frida, who was a real tough cookie, she, was, she, could, she, could, she could raise a million dollars in this audience. She was that time being like, stand up, you know, and people would stand up, give $10,000. I mean, not, that woman had an anointing I don't have, okay? <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> just throwing that out there, but, but uh, they paid for everything cash and, 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 as they built. But Gordon, he wrote over 400 books, and he says this. He says, our prayers do more than just motivate the Father into action. Watch this. They actually, some of release. I want you to get that. The power of the Holy Spirit from us, 
to accomplish things. I want everyone to grab that. Certain types of prayer would be, of course, do this more than others. And he talks about that in his book, The Substance of Prayer. And so I'm going to hit a couple of examples in some Bible, uh, uh, I believe, stories that speak to this. But one of them, like if you think about releasing, now watch this, releasing God's power into a situation. They talk about praying in the spirit. Now, we're a full gospel church. I don't apologize for that. I'm not sheepish about that. I pray in the spirit, my understanding. I'm not better than anyone else. Come on now. I just, it's just, I received that, that fullness. I believe that's for all, but I don't push that at all. You say, well, I don't believe that. I really Praise the Lord. You know, well, I share this every time I say this. When I was in the Marine Corps, they would offer me certain things as they gained in rank, and they would say, you know what, you need this K-bar. All right, I keep that. You need your water canteen. All right, you need your first aid kit. Then it came time when I had my M16, they said, all right, you qualify now for a pistol. I didn't go, I don't want that. Who needs a pistol in combat? I took everything they gave me. And see, everything the Lord has available, come on now, you should take. I'm just saying that's available. It's out there. Uh, do I have to? No, you get to. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Amen. So, so, but, but I pray in the spirit. How many know when you speak the word of God, the Bible says it's like a sword? Sharper than any two-edged sword. So God's word, not your words, not Oprah's. Oh, she's done. She retired. I'm sorry. But, you know, whatever the television, tell, you know, those words or the people that philosophize and all that. No, it's God's word. Somebody shout God's word. Here's another one. That's Ephesians 6.17. Another one, Mark 16, talks about, watch this. The practice of the laying on of hands. Why do we line people up here? And I'm not the only one that wants to run out there and pray for every, which we did when we first started the church because I had nobody. But, but I, I, I empower these people, hear me, to pray, to, to be built up and to release God's power into the people. How many with me say amen? And so the, the, that's another way. Here's the thing, there is literal power from the Holy Spirit which can bring release in situation, and that's a truthful statement. I really believe that. There is power, and it's measurable. We'll get into that in a moment. The power of God that can bring healing, that can bring, come on now, deliverance. How many you know God is able to do everything? All right, stay on that vein. All right, when I ever get off that, people kind of, well, you know. But God is able. He is able. How many you know? But the power of God, watch this flows through you and I. Okay, it flows when he releases. It's not shooting out of the sky. Amen? It's coming through you and I, those who are vessels that carry. We are the temple. His throne is in our heart. The Bible actually uses the word, the naos, the holy of holies in 1 Corinthians 13 and 6, 19. talks about that you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. What? Is it something you didn't know when you were born again, your spirit man or woman actually becomes that temple and that's where the spirit resides. And so that's where God's power flows out through of us as we build ourselves up on the word of God and that's where his spirit dwells. And how many know Jesus doesn't lay hands on the sick? We do. Has anyone seen Jesus lately showing up, you know? And No, he does it through us. He does it through us. Now, he's God. How many know he can reveal himself to someone in a dream? <laughs> he's doing that in the Middle East. And many Muslims are coming to Christ, and they're going, I need to know this Jesus. And he's revealing. So he can bypass all of that. But, but he has empowered his church. That's you and I. All right? That's you and I. 
So it's Jesus. It's Jesus who ordains. You know, well, yes, he ordains. But how does, what does he use? He uses vessels here where we lay hands and we empower people to do the work of God. And so it's Jesus, watch this, inside us that releases that, if I can say it this way, the river, the flow, uh, the anointing of God. And, and how many know that Jesus doesn't preach the gospel? We preach the gospel with Christ within us. I want you to see that God uses us. Are you with me? So I'm going to make a bold statement here. When we speak God's word, the Bible, into a situation at the direction of the Holy Spirit, just want to put that out there, it is as if God is himself is speaking that, reward, that word in his releasing life. That's a pretty bold statement, that when you declare God's word under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that Raymond word, it's alive to you, you step out on that, God moves. I said, God moves. Now, let me just say this about measurable power. Power is measurable, not just the natural. You know, we have power plants, electricity, and we can measure rates and ohms and volts and you know, all of that. But, but I want you to think in line of the spirit. Okay, this may be different for some of you, may have ever heard this, but there are measurable levels of, of almost any spiritual substance. You say, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Turn in your apps or your Bibles to Romans 12, 3. Watch this, Romans 12, 3. God has allotted to each a measure. Somebody shall measure. A measure of faith. That word in the Greek, measure, is where we get our word meter. It actually means a rate of something or an amount. So I want you, I want you to get, get in this frame of mind here. In other words, God, watch this, has metered out to each a portion or a part of faith. From there, it must grow. Did you get that? Very simple. That's, that's what that means, that there is every single one of you who come to Christ, God puts a, a measure. You know, it seems like some, you know, they have more measure than others. But, but even though you feel, I don't have much, I got the, how many have ever seen a mustard seed? A mustard seed is so tiny that if you look close to it, you blow it with your breath, you won't even know it's that small. So you think, I have a mustard seed, but how many know a mustard seed grows pretty big? Okay, birds can come and land on it. And so Jesus is saying that whatever measure you may or may not think you have, it's up to you and I to grow that measure. Amen, Pastor Mike, that was good, because I'm going to get to it. The measure, he has allotted to each a measure, a part of something. So, so let me just quickly, I'm going to run through this really quickly here. Measurable power, there are measures of faith. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? I thought, once you have faith, faith, faith is it. There's one kind of faith that's it. No. The Bible talks about there are levels of faith. In 2 Thessalonians 3.2, it says, the Bible says, not everyone, not everyone has faith. So there are some that have no faith. But it's related as faith. Say, little faith. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus said, O ye of little faith. Hmm, that's interesting. And then it goes on to say, in Luke 7, 9, uh, of the centurion, he said, great faith. So we have no faith, come on now. We have little faith, and we have great faith that's all spoken in the scriptures. How many see this? Amen. Even if you don't agree, go, amen, Pastor Mike. Measure. So what I'm talking about, that instead of, it, instead of prayer being an on-off switch, black and white, either or, look at it, look at it differently. Look at it differently. All right, Some, here's another one, Righteousness. Well, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. We say amen. But how many know that your righteousness can increase? 
There are measurable levels of your righteousness. Well, so I thought if I'm righteous, I'm righteous, then I'm righteous, then I'm righteous. Makes sense. But no, you can grow in righteousness. Where is that? The Bible talks about that. It says the more we practice righteousness and pursue it, the greater our righteousness will be. How can that be? If you're righteous, you're righteous, then you're only righteous. No, the Bible says, Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those, watch this, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Come on now. For they shall be what? Filled. All right, Proverbs 4.18. But the path of the righteous is like the shining sun that shines even brighter and brighter to the perfect day. All right, New Testament, Pastor Mike, 2 Corinthians 9.10. Now he, now may he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Increase the fruits of your righteousness. How many see that say Amen. Righteousness is measurable. It can increase in your life or decrease. All right, I need some more, Pastor Mike. You know what? Here's one here. There are degrees of sin, measurable degrees of sin. In Genesis 15, 16, God told Abraham he was going to give the land to his descendants in four generations. That's 400 years. Back then, in, 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 as they related a generation, 100 years. And he says it's the reason he could not give it to him yet because, watch this, it says, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. What? In other words, the sin of the Amorites is it's not complete. You know what? There is times where it comes complete and the sin is enough. And you know what happens? Judgment is released. You know, I think of back in 70, I wrote down 79 AD, there's a, a volcano in Pompeii. It was a Roman city. Mount Vesuvius exploded. And it was actually August 24th. They know the day. And what happened was there was anywhere from 10 to 20,000 uh, uh, people that lived in the base of, of this volcano. And the volcano erupted. Horrible. It's horrible. A thousand degree temperature went down within seconds. Roasted people. Buried them in over 30 feet of volcanic ash. So they were entombed for centuries in the actual moment, within seconds. They excavated that place. And it is actually pornographic material. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Because the things that were going on can't even be repeated publicly. It was so bad. Constantly going on in that city. It was full. Enough. But you see, God, how many know our God is long-suffering? The Word of God, you know what? Millions, billions of people right now are hearing the Word of God on a Sunday. Salvations are happening. The kingdom of God is moving forward. Come on now. How many with me say amen? But there are degrees of sin. I think of that, we took a number of trips to Mardi Gras <laughs> church. Uh, and I would times be there on Bourbon Street, standing there with my placard and weather with a cross, and I would say, God, judge this city! You know, beer thrown on me, urine, held at knife point, bottles hurled at my head. I mean, just judge them all! And, and the Lord would say, you know what? I love these people. Come on now. I love them. And so I had to do a, a heart change, you know, in the first few times I was there just to, to see it. But you know, when Katrina came in, you know what Katrina means? Purify. Not anybody was on Bourbon Street for a few weeks, cleared the whole thing out. <laughs> you know, just, just cleared it out. I just thought that was an interesting reflection. Katrina, purify. So all in New Orleans, you know, Sin City, just nothing was happening. God just, anyhow, anyhow. I don't say that he did that, but 
Sin brought that down on me. Anyhow, ah, getting in here deep. Let's move on. Degrees of sin. Let's get into some good stuff here. Uh, here's one you all will love this. There are measurable levels of grace. Somebody shout grace. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound to you. All grace? Acts 4.33, we are told that great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace. All grace? Great grace was upon them all. And the Greek word actually for great grace is, is mega. Mega grace. Hmm, interesting. So we see that there is grace. How many know we can receive grace from God? But watch this. There's mega grace. Then there's all grace. So there's measurable levels of God's grace. All right, here's one. Love. How, how can this be? Agape love. John 15, 13 speaks of, of greater love than this. There's no man that lays down his life. Talks about greater love. Matthew 24 talks about love, watch this, that has grown cold. Did you know your love can grow cold? A lot of things grow cold here in Minnesota in the winters, right? Our love can grow cold towards each other. Come on now, our spouse. But you still have love, but it grows cold. Interesting. Philippians 1.9 refers to love abounding more and more. How many see that? Love abounding more and more, so it can, it can increase in our life. All right, measurable degrees of the power of God. That's been focusing on, especially as it relates to prayer. Mark 6, 5, there was a measurable degree of the power of God that was missing in this situation that Jesus was in. It says this verse says that he could because of their unbelief of the people in Nazareth, his hometown. He says he, Jesus, could do no mighty miracle there. It actually says that in your Bible. Okay, read it. The Greek does not say that Jesus chose not to do a mighty miracle there. Watch this. Or, you know, he didn't do a mighty miracle because he didn't want to. It says that Jesus could not. No, no, let me temper this. Because their level of faith or whether it was unbelief, they looked at him, they despised him, and you're just a carpenter's son. And, and it says that, 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 that it, it hindered the power of God from flowing in that situation. Although we know Jesus is able, come on now, but at that time, in that situation, I believe God's bringing a truth out here, a golden nugget for us here this morning. It says to heal a few sick people. It says he could not work a miracle, a mighty miracle. Wow. Now, the point is simple. The facets of the spiritual realm are very real. They're challengeable. The anointing is real. Hear me? It's real. A power, God's power is real. We don't see it, but it's there. It's there. And so there are certain levels of God's power that I believe we need to release. Hear me? Release the realm of spirit, in the spirit to accomplish certain things. And you know, how many know there are different amounts of power that are required to do different things? Um, so, you know, like if I had flashlights here, one time I did an illustration, I had a little tiny pen light. Then I had a little, you know, double A little flashlight. Then, you know, the nine volt square ones. And then I had a two million power candle light. So how many know there's different measures? It's all light, but they're different measures. How many see that? Amen. And so, so the same thing is true in the spirit. Different amounts, watch this, of measurable. See, this just blows in the mind of just, I prayed, nothing happened. God must not want that to happen. Different amounts or measurable levels of God's power needed to accomplish certain things. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? In some instances, not all, 
because I've had my fair share of praying in certain circumstances and situations, believing and, and, and with others and just and not seeing the results I wanted to see. How many with me? I'm not, not negligent and not you know, cognizant of that and those things I don't understand. But I think we falter like the cheetah <laughs> when it comes to prayer because we just chalk it up. Didn't happen, move on. Send the prayer emoji, we're good to go. Come on now, I'm almost done, almost done. Well, I believe the same thing is true in the spirit. It's really not just a matter of just asking the Father to do something. Watch this, but it's a matter, watch this, get this, of releasing. Someone shout releasing. The power of the God in that situation to get the job done. And so a lot, lot, lot of Christians were not, not dialed into this. We're not aware of this. this. This is kind of foreign to them. And I ask, it didn't happen. God's sovereign. You know, move on. You know, why waste your time? And I'm challenging us all as a church body to up the ante of perseverance. Come on. That, that, that's what I want to lay before you. Up that ante there of perseverance. Perseverance. And so a lot of times, we pray, we sit back, and God is saying, wait a minute, I, I want you to persevere a little bit more in this. Don't just, you know, chill out. Do a little bit more warfare. And I'll explain that in the end of the service here in a moment. And so uh, let me just, you know, let me just throw out a couple of Bible examples here about releasing power very quickly here. Illustrations. First Kings 17, 20 to 22. The story is about Elijah. He raises the, the, the widow's son. And the Bible says that Elijah cries out. There's a whole story behind it. He dies, this son, and Elijah goes there to pray. And he goes up into the room, closes himself in, and it says something just, just it's just strange. It says, he, he, he cries out, and he says, Oh, Lord God, have you brought this tragedy on this widow who has opened her home to me by causing her son to die? Question mark. Then he stretched, so he didn't really believe that, but he prayed that. And he stretched himself over the child three times and cried to the Lord. He said, oh, Lord, my God, please watch this. Let this boy's life return to him. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the child's life returned to him, and he lived. How many know that's an amazing story? But here's the thing. Why did it take three times? Was like God deaf? Why did it take three times? See, we're talking about releasing God's spirit, not just the light switch prayer, on, off, on off, releasing it. I mean, maybe he wasn't the man of God he was supposed to be spiritually. Maybe he didn't have enough faith and all that. I, I, don't, I don't think that was the situation. I believe he was releasing it. We're not told the reason, but hear me, it could be that the reason was, what was he doing? He was releasing God's power each time. Releasing God's power each time. Releasing the spirit of God. How many know it takes a lot of power to raise somebody from the dead? Okay, a minute or two here, emoji or two here is not going to do it. Can I get an amen? I'm not talking works here, but I'm, I'm talking about power. All right, you say, well, that's Old Testament. It's fine. What about the New Testament? Well, let me give you somebody who we all revere, and it's Jesus. Come on now. Is Jesus the miracle worker? I want you to get this. Ready? I'm almost done. Is Jesus the miracle worker? Can Jesus just snap his fingers and make something happen? <clears throat> Watch this story. Mark 8, 24. The Bible says this blind man came and wanted to be prayed for. Jesus takes him by the hand, brings him out of the village. He spits in his eyes. All right. Good thing he didn't see that. Amen. He didn't see that coming. You know, spits in the guy's eyes. It's so, you know, 
nasty. What's going on here? Jesus. I don't know why he did that. He placed his hands on him. Watch this. Watch this. Jesus says this. Can you see anything? How many know if Jesus asks you a question? Come on, right? What does the guy say? He says, the man looked up and said, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. Okay. Jesus could have said, ah, that's the thing working. What is Je Jesus? The Son of God goes back, and what does he go? Jesus said, okay. Jesus placed his hands again. Somebody showed again. Again on him, and watch, watch what happens. So Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes, and when he opened them, he prayed. The Bible says his sight was restored. He can see clearly. What happened from one time to two times? Power was being released. Come on now. How many remember when the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus was walking, people are touching him, throngs are around him. I want you to get that picture. If I had like 20 of you come up and just throng and touch me, then have some lady just full of a, 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 a you know, a, a, of an ailment comes and just touches the little part of him of his garment. And what does Jesus do? He stops. Why does he stop? Who touched me? And the disciples are like, are you nuts? Everybody's touching you. But no power is going out. Come on now. But this woman put a demand on the power of God. This woman had faith. She knew she could be stoned in her situation because she was unclean. And she put a demand, and when that happened, Jesus felt something leave him. Every Sunday after I preach, something leaves me. And you see me sometime, I'm like, because it's exhausting. But it's the power of God. Come on now, hear me. And the same thing for your life. You are conduits of God's power, okay? And it's to be released out of your life. I believe some of you are getting it. Jesus puts his hands on this guy two times, and he's, he's healed. Now, I am not limiting God's power at all. How many know one word from God or Jesus could drive back all sickness? Come on now, all disease, all demonic activity, amen? I mean, Jesus was in the garden. Remember the story? And they're coming to get him. And, and I just, I love this because it's in one of the gospels. I, I wrote down John 18, 6. And they come to him and they say, where's the Messiah? The, who, you know, or, or where is Jesus that they call the Christ? You know what he says in one translation? It says this. He said, I am the living God. And you know what the Bible says in that, that, that one in John? It says, everyone with their swords and everything went, fell back on the ground. Read it in your Bible. I think Jesus was just going, you're not coming to get me. I lay my life down. That's what he was doing. And he goes, I am he. They fell down. How many of there's power there? No one's physically pushing you, but you're going down. That's the power of God. And we're not talking here about repetition. Again, again, again. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about understanding the ways and principles of God enough to know and to release the life of God from your spirit man or spirit woman, watch this, in order to give birth to things that God wants to see happen in this world. This church, my wife just calculated over the last 20 years as a church, and then some of the trips we've done when we were part of uh, in, in uh, Disney Church in Ashby, but we, I think you said expended, help me, forgive me if I'm wrong, over 800,000. Just here, 800,000 emissions here. <clears throat> How did this church start? I just prayed and fasted for 10 days in a little room until I, I just knew. 
I just knew when we started, three ladies, you know, four ladies, and we just began. It takes a miracle. I'm not that smart. <laughs> I'm not that gifted. But something broke in the spirit that God was released. It wasn't that he was reluctant. There was something within me, and that tells me there's something in each and every one of you that it's going to take perseverance, not an emoji, to make it come to pass. Come on now. I think some of you are getting this here this morning. I'm, I'm almost done. Distribution of power. Watch this. End with this. Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. Um, now unto him is able to do, watch this, exceedingly, abundantly beyond. We love that part. We love that part. Amen. Our God is able. Can I get an amen? Woo! Had a white little, you know. He's able. All that we ask or think, I can ask for some big things. I can think for some big things. Can you? According to the power that works within us. Metron. Meter. How's your meter? How's your metron? How's your faith? Are you developing the faith? Yeah, man, I, I, I got that, you know, that 30-second in-depth Bible study thing I get every day, you know, and I move right on. Come on now, that's good. For most people, that's good. Because a lot of people are not even doing that. But it's going to take a little bit more perseverance in the spirit. Come on, to see things happen. Because I'll, I'll give you an illustration here in a moment, just as we're going to close. But, oh, I need to finish. Let me just, watch this, watch this. Ephesians 3.20 says, God has enough power to do more than enough in what we need. But it's a lot of times I think we come up short is because that we're not, distributing that. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? Watch how the, the, the West translation defines this, this verse. It says, in the measure or distribution, somebody shout distribution, of the power which is operative in us. Say, so, well, in other words, watch this. God is going to do, get this, super abundantly more than we can ask or think in the measure of the power that is distributed from us. How many think now after this message, maybe I should increase my faith and build up my faith, as James says, building up your holy faith, praying and understanding, praying in the spirit, charging, as actually with the means like with battery, battery cables, charging. You mean, you mean like for me, Pastor Mike, like I can build that up? I thought it was either or. No, it's not. Stand with me if you would, please. My question to all of us here today Watch this now. Are you distributing God's power through your praying? Never really thought about that, Pastor Mike. Just kind of, prayer is kind of either or. Let me just throw this out, and I don't mean this to be heavy, but I don't want you to think, us to think that, that, that we're really prevailing. We're throwing out a little prayer here, a little prayer there. Those are, those are great. God hears them. How many know that? But there takes a there takes a little bit more gut, fervency, prayer. When your child is sick, it's just like, yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. I, I don't know. What does the doctor say? It's in the name of Jesus. Let's walk the room, let's hold a hand, let's just speak God's word in this. What are you doing? You're releasing. Hear me now. You're releasing God's power in that situation. It's not sporadic. There's this consistent releasing. Scripture says in James 5, 16, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, woman avails much. Watch this. Another translation says it this way. The prayer of a righteous person is, watch, able to do much as it. Somebody shout it. Now we know God operates, but the it he's talking to 
is your prayer. The it that's operating. I love how the Amplified says it. It says it like this. The earnest, heartfelt, continued. Somebody show continued. Prayer of a righteous man or woman. Not a one-time deal. How you feel? Oh, I'm feeling terrible. Can I pray with you? Yes. I got this pain in my arm. It's like, oh, let's pray in the name of Jesus. You know, ah, it just feels the same. Let's do it again. Jesus did. He did. So I think a lot of times we just like, yeah, well, it didn't happen, so let's quit. And he's like, well, I've done it two, three times. We didn't see it. Well, let's go on faith and believe God. Build yourself up and trust the Lord. Amen. And not quit so quickly. But this is a powerful verse that our prayers go to work. Power available. Dynamic, dynamic, excuse me, in its working. What? The prayer, the prayer, the prayer. Let me get three volunteers very quickly here. Uh, three people. Maybe I'll get a guy. And I got, yeah, Caleb, you come on up. And I need uh, two more people. I need those uh, jumper cables there. All right, Zell, Pastor, what are you doing here? I'm trying to, I'm trying to hammer some. Come on, right up here. Come on, we're almost done. We're almost done. Yes, yes, you. All right, Kathleen, come on up here. We're going to just do this. So, so Caleb is the man. He's just, he's just under. He's burdened. Or he's just a burden down. He needs prayer. He's a godly man. This is a tremendous man. He would make a great husband. I'm just going to let you know that. But, but anyhow, I'm not here to embarrass you, brother. But, but uh, so, so, so we have these. And, and so Bible talks about, about building yourself up. I thought, how are these people going to get this unless they understand that you're powerhouses from God and you distribute his power through prayer. So we have this young lady here who is vibrant, mission's heart, you know, who, who's full of God's power. And, and she gonna, she's going to pray for Caleb. All right? So you just hold these right here. You stand right here. And so she comes forward to pray for Caleb, and she's ministering him because Caleb needs some help. What is she doing? Some help. What is she doing? She's distributing. Come on now. She's charging. She's distributing. But Caleb has a big situation. He's really going through a lot, and he, he, needs, he needs a lot of people to pray. He needs more people. So we have another man of God, a powerhouse here who knows God, loves God. He says, you know what? I'm going to pray for you two together. And so he's going to release. Come on. It's simple. It's ABCs. But we need to see that you are, we all need to see God's vessels, his vessels to distribute the power of God. And so if someone else comes up and, 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 and prays, we're releasing God's power in that situation. That's why we have people up here to pray over you. What are we doing? We're releasing it. And you're saying, how is the situation changing? Is it? Not much. We're going to pray some more. And we bring other people involved. How many hear what I'm saying? Say amen. Come on, let's give him a hand. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. As we conclude here, I'm going to conclude with one illustration. We're going to pray. Thank you for your patience. Some of you know a Pastor Robert Morris in uh, Gateway Church in Dallas, tremendous pastor. And I heard this was just listening to a podcast, and he was talking. He was talking about dominion. He was how we, you know, dominion is ours, and God has caused us to prevail. And this woman was having things just taken from her life. She just felt, you know, husband relationships. You know, the, the, it was suffering, and and the kids, and just stuff in her life. She felt being stolen and taken, and so she has this vision. And in the vision. She sees a demon that's in her house. And uh, I know it may seem heavy for some of you. And she sees this demon, and this demon's collecting things. He's taking things. And, he's, and she goes, what are you doing? He goes, these are mine. She goes, no, they're not. They're mine. They're mine. She said, in the name of Jesus, you put them back. Demon said, you've got no power. Watch this. 
You have no power over me. This is the demon telling her. She's a believer. You got no power over me. She goes, yes, I do. He goes, no. And she's still taking it. And she goes, again, in Jesus' name, put my stuff back. And the demon's talking, saying, you have no power over me. You think you're stronger than me. But all the while, he's putting the stuff back. Come on now. And he goes, you're nothing. You have no power. She said, in Jesus' name, put my stuff back. And he's putting all the stuff back, starts walking to the house. But while he's walking out of the house, he's going, you have no power over me. You can't do nothing over me. Walking down the street, leaving with nothing. She goes, in Jesus' name, get out of here. And he put it back. That's our enemy. He's persistent. Are we persistent? Every head bowed, please. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I need to get right. I'm not going to drag this out. I really believe the Spirit of God is here. And strongholds have come down. Revelation is entering your hearts and minds. Understanding of prayer in a whole new realm. God wants you to be releasers to release his presence. Every single one of you has a measure, a metron of faith. Build that up. Is a pastor, I'm not right. I need to get right with God. You're here this morning. Is a pastor, pray for me. I want to surrender my life afresh and anew. Come on, let's pray together as a church as we conclude. Say to me, say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Take it now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, Jesus meant it. He came to meet you where you're at. He's changed your spirit, man and woman, and he's given you a measure, a metron. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.